Memorial Day, so I know, I'm hoping that y'all have a great weekend planned. And uh, as we celebrate Memorial Day, of course, the, the main reason for celebrating it is to, uh, to bring honor to those who have sacrificed and have given in order for us to be able to have freedom. And so that is uh, something for us to remember as we celebrate. It's just not just about barbecues, but it is about people who really did sacrifice for us, which actually ties into what we're talking about today. And if you look at your bulletin, we have, or we are told that we have a promise in the Bible of God's presence. And the only reason why we have a great confidence, why we have a hope of God's presence in our lives is because of a sacrifice that was made for us. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Now I know that if, if you grew up like uh, in the tradition that I grew up in, you know, we don't have a problem talking about God the Father and talking about Jesus the Son. But then, you know, you start talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, there might be some of y'all, and y'all grew up that way. Y'all might have called it, did any of y'all call it, call it the Holy Ghost? Y'all heard that one before? Yeah, we called it the Holy Ghost. And so that one always made me a little bit nervous. And so today, though, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost and, and what he means to us. And what exactly he does for us. Because the Bible lets us know that the Holy Spirit could not come and indwell and be with followers of Jesus without the greatest sacrifice that's ever been given. And that is the sacrifice of Jesus himself. So that is a little bit of the background of where we're going to be going today. But I'd just like to, to share a, a story with you. Uh, Native Americans, a long time ago, had a really uh, unique practice for training up and, and getting their young, their young boys ready to become braves, or ready to become warriors. And on their 13th birthday, what many of them would do is they would take their sons several miles away from where they lived, and they'd take them into a forest, they would blindfold them, and then they would tell the boys, okay, after, they would tell the boy, they'd say, after I leave, you can take your blindfold off and you're going to be here tonight by yourself. And so they would leave, the boy would take off his blindfold, and he was in the middle of a forest where it was absolutely dark, and every little creek, every little break of a branch, that boy is wondering, is something coming to eat me? And so it was just a real test of manhood for this 13-year-old boy and then as the sun would rise, after he'd been there all night by himself, invariably the boy would begin to look around, and then when he would turn around, he would see behind him his dad standing there with his bow and arrow. The entire evening he had been with his son, making sure that he would be safe, even though the boy didn't know that he was there. Now, I think for some of us, as we kind of go through life and as we face problems and we face challenges in our life, there's a lot of times when we feel like that we're all alone. A lot of times whenever we feel like that there's nobody with us, that we've been abandoned, that there's no one who cares about us. But what we're going to discover today is that God, even whenever we might not feel like it, even when we don't see him, God is with us. And he's watching over us in order to guide us and to lead us, and to protect us. And so today we're going to talk about how God has created or, or brought that work about in our lives, and he's done it through the Holy Spirit. 
And so if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking today in John chapter 14. If you want to, you can turn there, John chapter 14 and verse number 15. And just some background information about what's happening here. As you begin to read what Jesus has just done with his disciples, is he has told them, I'm getting ready to leave. You know, I'm not going to be here any longer. I'm getting ready to check out of your lives. And as you can imagine, this was, this was rather devastating news to the disciples that they didn't really know where he was going. Uh, where he was going is he was going to go to the cross. But he was telling his disciples that he was leaving, and, and they felt shortchanged. You know, because in their mind, they thought, hey, Jesus is going to set up a kingdom. You know, we've been running around for all these years. Finally, somebody's going to stand up for us. We're going to get to reign with him. We're going to finally be in charge of our own country. And riders are all excited about it. Then Jesus yanks the rug out from underneath them and says, I'm out of here. But in the midst of this depressing news, Jesus gave them some reassuring words. Now, I'm not sure they really grasped it at this time. But the news he shared with them was tremendously powerful. Jesus promised them that he would not abandon them. He said, I'm going to send someone in my place who's going to always be with you. I'm going to send someone in my place who's going to empower you. And the one he was sending was the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that for some of us, you know, we hear about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we've heard of him before. But what exactly does a Holy Spirit do? And so today, I just, want us, I just want us to look into the Bible and just see some different ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives according to what Scripture says. And these are just a few of the things that he does. And today in our text, what we're going to see is the first way the Holy Spirit works in our lives today is as our defense counsel. In other words, Jesus says, one, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. And he says, one thing that he's going to do in your life is he's going to serve as your lawyer. Oh, yeah, what's that all about? Well, let's, let's look in verses uh, 15 through 17. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, if you don't have that one underlined in your Bible, it's a really good one. I mean, Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to do what I say. And he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever who is he he is the spirit of truth the world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him but you do know him because he remains with you and he will be in you and so jesus says i am sending a counselor to you a lawyer to you now whenever we typically think of a defense lawyer who are the only people that need defense lawyers. Criminals, right? Now, some of you are thinking, I don't need that kind of lawyer. You know, I'm not a criminal. I mean, the guy next to me might be, but as far as what do I need, I don't need, you know, I don't need star, star, you know, whatever his name is, and then, you know, I don't need that kind of a lawyer. I'm going to be absolutely fine by myself. But here's the deal. The Bible says that everybody here has broken the law of God. Did y'all know that? Everybody here has broken the law of God. Therefore, we are all guilty. Therefore, we all need a defense lawyer in order to watch over us. I mean, Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die and then to face judgment. Now, whenever you face judgment, it's speaking of a court of law. 
And if you are facing judgment and you are in a court of law, then, then what you need is you need a defense attorney. You need someone who's going to speak for you. And here's the really neat thing. The Bible says that Jesus has given us a defense attorney for us. It says he's given us a counselor. And that's in verse number 16. Now that word counselor, it means one who represents you at court and stands by your side to plead your case. That word also means one who is a comforter and a friend. So Jesus says, I'm getting ready to leave, but I want to give you a word of comfort. I am sending one who will be your friend and comforter and your defender. And so the work of the Holy Spirit, part of his work is to give you guidance, to speak for you before God, to defend you before God. And one of my favorite things to know is the work of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that one of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us is the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he prays for us. It says that he intercedes for us. Whenever people are, are struggling, one of my favorite verses to send them is in Romans 8, 26 and 27. And it says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. It says, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans and wor that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. You might say, well, what does that mean? It means that whenever the Spirit stands before God, he knows how to speak for us. He knows what to bring before God on our behalf because that's how well he knows who we are. And the Bible says that he will stand with you for all time. That's encouraging news to me because you know, it's real hard to find people that will actually stand beside you for all time. Now, I mean, I know that we all know great people who love us and care for us, but, you know, they're not going to stand beside you all the time. And I'm not trying to create a fight or anything, but here's why. We all die, right? And so they, nobody's permanent here. Now, the other side, now, the negative side of it is people tend to like to stand beside you when things are going well, but then when things don't go well, it's, you know, it's real easy to find out how many people really aren't your friends. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will stand with you and by you through thick and through thin. Now, let me tell you something. I, I don't know about you, but I find that to be tremendously powerful and encouraging because to know that there is someone who's going to be loyal to me regardless of who I am and regardless of what I've done or might do in the future, that's a great encouragement to me. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He stands with us to defend us, to be an advocate for us. Uh, there's a story, I think it kind of ties in with all of this, but back in 1998, there was a big wrestling tournament. It was in Iran, or Iran, however you say it. And uh, there was an American wrestler, and of course, you know, in Iran, it, Americans are not real popular. Um, I don't know if you all know that or not. And so in 1998, this guy named Zeke Johnson, he ended up, he ended up winning... Uh, the silver medal. Now, when he won, the fans weren't exactly what you'd call excited. And uh, so he wins, and everybody's just, it's just real quiet. You know, he's all excited. He's jumping up and down. People are just sitting there. And so what he does is really unusual. Um, he went over. He picked up a little tiny Iranian flag. He, he's wearing his USA uniform. And he starts running around the arena, waving it. 
And what was interesting is he was doing that. You know what the crowd did? The crowd began to chant. And they began to chant America. America. Now, this is very unusual because normally what they chant is death to America. And so they're all like, and they start cheering this guy. Now, now what was going on? Well, what was going on is instead of them looking at who that guy was, what they were doing is they were looking at the flag he was carrying. And they began to cheer for him. Now, guys, for those of us who are believers, there's a sort of a tie-in here. Whenever we are hanging on to the Spirit of God, and whenever we are hanging on to God for our hope and our redemption in life, whenever God looks down upon us, instead of seeing me in my sinfulness, instead of seeing me as one who has broken his law, who is guilty before him, he sees me hanging on to Jesus, just like that wrestler was hanging on to the flag, and instead of seeing me, he sees the Spirit of God. That God has a love and a compassion for me because of that. And that, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He serves as our defense counsel. But another work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is he also serves as a father. Now, now look with me in verse, let's see, verse number 18. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. He says, I'm coming to you. So he's saying, I'm, I'm not leaving you as orphans, you're going to have a father. And he says, in a little while, the world will see me no longer, but you will see me because I live, you will live too. One thing that is greatly missing in the world around us, in our community, I mean, our neighborhoods, in our schools, it is fathers. It is men who love God. It is men who are willing to lead their children. A guy named Steve Fair wrote a book called Standing Tall a number of years ago. And I have it in my office, and I underline this part. He said, I believe that when you look at every major pressing social issue in this country, he said, whether it's teenage pregnancy, child abuse, drive-by shootings, teenage suicide, divorce, he said, if you reduce each one of those problems down to their lowest common denominator, he, will, he, will, he said, you will find in each case the same root cause. He said, it is the lack of a father figure. Now, I, I don't know... What kind of fathers all you guys had? I'm sure some of you had great fathers. Some of you had fathers that were not so great. Maybe some of you had fathers you never knew. But regardless of what kind of father you had, all fathers have one thing in common, and that's, that's this. They're not going to be around forever. They're, they're not always going to be here. And so what's, what's comforting about these words is, is Jesus is letting us know that he is sending one to be like a father to us, who will be with us for all times. That's why in verse number 18 he said, I will not leave you as orphans. So I'm sending someone in my place. Now if I'm one of the disciples, I'm thinking, I don't want anybody else. You know, Jesus, I, I just want you. Why, why would you leave me? But Jesus said something very important in verse number 16. If you look in verse number 16, Jesus said, I am sending another counselor. And that word another, is, it is so important. Because that word another, here's what it means. It means one of the same kind. Jesus was saying, I'm leaving, but he didn't say, I'm leaving, and now I'm sending in JV. You know, I'm sending in another counselor, somebody who's a little bit less than me. Jesus said, I'm sending one of the same kind. One who is like me. One who is a part of the Holy Trinity that is God. The Father, Son, and the Spirit. 
Now, Jesus had lived with the disciples on earth. Now he's saying, when I leave, he says, I'm sending one who will live in you. And that's tremendously important. If Jesus had not died on the cross and left this earth, then the Holy Spirit could not have come to indwell every believer. And that's why Jesus said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I am sending one who will live in you and be your guide and be one who will convict you and one who will point out to each follower of Jesus the path that God wants them to be on. So what has God done? God has given us the Holy Spirit in order to guide and to discipline and to mature us in our living. Uh, a guy was writing a book, his name is Michael, Michael Green, not the Michael Green in our church, but he said, loose wires give out no musical notes, but whenever you fasten their ends, he says the piano, the harp, and the violin is born. He says, free steam drives no machine, but harnessed and confined with piston and turbine, it makes possible the great world of machinery. An unhampered river drives no dynamos, but if you dam it up, you can generate sufficient power to light a great city. When the Holy Spirit is in us, he will guide us and direct us and strengthen us to be what God has intended for us to be. He serves as a father to us, to put us on the right path. So it's what's the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, the work of the Holy Spirit, he's our defense counselor, he serves as our father. And then this is the last one, the Holy Spirit also serves as one who loves you. As one who is a lover of your soul. In verses 20 and 21, the last couple of verses that I'll, that I'll read, it says, in that way, or in that day, you will know that I'm in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. Now, if you go back to verse number 20, Jesus said, in that day, now, what day is he talking about? He's talking about the day whenever he's going to rise or whenever he's going to be resurrected from the dead. Because Jesus knew when I come alive again, it will change everything. And, and you have to say, yeah, I, I could see that happening. You know, if you're following after Jesus and you, know, and you see him die, and then you see him alive again, you think you're going to be pretty impressed? I mean, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay attention to this guy. This guy conquered death. Jesus knew when I get back up from the grave, people are going to notice that. And I'm going to that. That is going to be sort of like a distinguishing mark that separates me from everybody else. But Jesus knew that it would change his disciples' life in particular. You remember where the disciples were when Jesus went to trial? In the book of Mark, it says they all ran away. I mean, they're scared to death, and I do not blame them. But then after the resurrection, where are the disciples? Here's what blows my mind. They are at the temple speaking in front of the guys that were putting him to, that put him to death, saying, Jesus is the Christ, and you killed him, but he got up from the grave anyway. They had boldness all of a sudden. Why? Because Jesus, when he left, he sent the Spirit of God in order to empower his people to live with boldness. Guys, that is what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. He can give you boldness and courage in the midst of a world that seeks to destroy. And Jesus says, I am leaving so the Spirit will come to live in you. You know, if somebody is going to come to live with you, they really have to like you if they're going to do it forever. Okay, for those of you who are married, 
Am I right? You know, when you get married, you think, I mean, I still remember, I, I'm getting married, there's, there's going to be some neat things about marriage, but one thing I really wasn't thinking about a whole lot, like, I'm going to be living with this person. You know, it's not like we're just like hanging out and having a good time. You know, we actually go home together, and then we wake up together, and we have to sleep in the same bed, and all that stuff, y'all, and I hate, that was the biggest adjustment for me. I'm very shallow. Uh, my big adjustment was I got somebody next to me, and I can't spread out anymore. I was like, you maybe you like go to a different room? So we bought like a big king-size bed. So, but, if you have, but if you live with somebody, let me tell you something, you got to love that person, right? Now, I, I know some of y'all, some of y'all know me, but there's nobody who knows me better than my wife. You know, she knows what I look like when I wake up in the morning. She knows what my breath smells like in the morning. She, she's seen the best of me, and she has seen the worst of me. Why? Because she lives with me. But she continues to live with me. Now, why do you think that is? It's because of the money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she, 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 continues, she continues to live with me because she loves me. But you know what? As much as my wife loves me, as much as your spouse or your children might love you, there is no one who loves you as much as God the Father. The Bible says that God, God knows what is in your mind right now. God knows what is in your heart. He knows every single failure of your life. The ones you have committed, the ones you will commit, and yet He still lives with you we're told in hebrews 4 12 through 13 it says nothing in creation is hidden from god's side everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account isn't that crazy god sees everything about you and yet when you say i will follow jesus he says i will live in you and i will never leave you why is that because he loves you he will never let you go he is one who loves you not because of what you've done, not because of who you're related to. He loves you simply because of who you are. Isn't that great? It takes pressure off of us. God loves us. There's a story of a pastor who had a son who's tremendously wild. And his son just lived a very careless life and he often broke the hearts of his parents and he would he got involved in drugs oftentimes he'd come stumbling home but one night in particular he came home at three o'clock in the morning he passed out in his bed and his hair was all matted down it's just disgusting and and uh, the the pastor he woke up and his wife it was three o'clock in the morning his wife wasn't in the bed with him and so he got went looking for her and he he walked into his son's room eventually and his wife was kneeling beside the bed and she was stroking her son's matted sweaty hair and she was just stroking it over and over again and the husband walked over and said what in the world are you doing and she said he won't let me love him when he's awake so this is the only chance I have to love him guys let me tell you something that is how God loves you whenever we even refuse to allow him to love us God loves you anyway and he loves you and me in the midst of the dirtiness and the disappointment of our living. And I promise you, when you begin to understand 
that somebody loves you like that, the last thing you want to do is to grieve the heart of the one who loves you. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said in verse 23, he said, if anyone loves me, he said, he will obey my teaching. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and we will make our home with him. Isn't that neat? What does the Holy Spirit do? How does he work in our lives? And we talk about the Spirit. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit performs a job. He works in your life. And he works as our defense counselor. He works as our father. He works as one who loves us. And, And through it all, God will love and care for those who trust and follow him. So as we celebrate Memorial Day, remember this. Jesus gave his life for you so that the Holy Spirit could come and live within you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. 